Welcome to episode 84 of the Practice of Nonprofit Leadership. I'm Tim Barnes. And I'm Nathan Ruby. Well, Nathan, how are you this fine day? Well, to be honest, Tim, I'm kind of dragging a little bit today. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. What's going on? Well, you know, it's early spring in the Midwest, and that means tree pollen, which I am terribly allergic to. So yesterday, Tim, I come out of a meeting and I walk up to my car and it is absolutely covered in a thick coat of green pollen. Plus, it had sprinkled a little bit. So not only did I have the green pollen covering my car, but I had remnants of these raindrop imprints of like splatters of rain making these decorations in the green pollen. That was that was no good at all. Not good. Well, that's not very encouraging, Nathan. I'm sorry to hear that. And I uh, I guess I won't go outside and enjoy our spring weather. Well, although I'm I, glad glad to give you glad to give you a little heads up on that, Tim. Although I can tell you, we've had we've had uh, 80 degree weather. We've had snow. We've had hail. We've had tornadoes. <laughs> Welcome to spring in the Midwest. Goodness. Yeah. Amen to that. But I'll tell you. Uh, we are not going to talk about pollen as our topic today. We got something better for you than that. We uh, we talked about uh, a topic delegation in episode seventy five a few weeks ago, and uh, we want to we want to come back to that. We'll explain a little bit more why. Uh, but before we get into today's topic, Nathan and I had a discussion um, about the show and the topics that we cover here at the practice of nonprofit leadership. Uh, you know, Nathan and I created this podcast specifically for executive directors of small to medium-sized nonprofits. And the topics that we talk about always come to come kind of through that lens and that perspective when we are when we're talking and when we're presenting. Yeah, that, that's right, Tim. And we really created this show to fill a gap that uh, that we saw in the nonprofit sector. And if you're leading a smaller organization, this show is for you. If you're a first-time executive director, this show is for you. If you endeavor to sometime in the future, you have a desire or a dream to be an executive director of a small to medium-sized nonprofit, well, hey, this show is for you. Well, and that means we try very hard to pick topics that are meaningful to you, our audience. And oftentimes, it comes out of our own experience and some of the challenges that we we face, and I I think I think we hit the target most of the time when you uh, when you think about that. But other times we probably miss. Um, but that's where that topic comes from today, uh, because we see this as a challenge in small to medium nonprofits. And I would say, Nathan, that as we mentioned in the end of our show, that our contact information is in the show notes. And if there are topics that we're not hitting. We would love to hear from you and try to dive into that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we want this show to for you to come and, and find some encouragement and some humor and to learn some things that maybe you didn't know. And, and of course, some practical steps that you can implement in your organization. And that's kind of where today's topic came from, Tim. It, it, it's kind of a, I don't know if you, if you put like this, this episode and, and uh, our last episode in February together, 
kind of maybe creates a, a deeper understanding of delegating and because it is a really important topic, but it, it so many times the things that we're talking about are also things that, you know, you and I are struggling with as well, because we're leading organizations just like Tim and I are leading organizations just like you are. So we'll look forward to hearing from you if there are topics that you want us to address. But Nathan, let's uh, let's dive into this and uh, talk about delegation and the challenge that is when you're a perfectionist. <laughs> All right. So let's roll. So today we're going to cover one of the primary reasons executive directors are unable to better delegate, and that is a propensity for perfectionism. Now, often we get labeled as, as kids, we certainly get labeled as adults, we get labeled and what other people see us as sometimes, well, often really impacts how we see ourselves. So maybe we're tall or maybe we're short or maybe we're a terrible golfer. Um, Tim, I think you and I probably are in that category uh, or I'm cheap or I'm a perfectionist. And so when people call you a perfectionist, then it's typical for you to do perfectionist type things. And what is that? Well, it means you do things yourself instead of letting other people do it. And so I have a family member and and I have some some friends who are extreme perfectionists. And just like any other label, it, it's incredibly difficult to stop doing that. And so our first uh, title or our first category for how to be better delegators by stopping being a perfectionist is you've got to change your mindset. You have to change your mindset to where, okay, yes, this is how I've behaved in the past. This is how I've reacted to things in the past. However, I can let things go. I can let other people do things. I don't have to do every single thing myself. And so number one is change your mindset. And that's really a challenge. If you, you have a way you want things to be done it, and it's hard sometimes to, to let that, to let that go. Um, but I like what you're saying is, you know, I like that even stepping back and saying, okay, how can I approach this differently? I mean, you can't be who you're not, but you can change the way you see things and the way you, you the way you react to things. Right. And, you know, back in episode 75, as an example, I was talking about a, a donor list and how I like to have the list done for when I have volunteer fundraisers in the room. And and it, it's a very specific way that I want it. And back in, in, in the last episode, I talked about how I was trained how to do it that way. And after tw almost 25 years of, of being in the industry now, I haven't found a better way to do the list. And so I like the list that way because I know it works and I have yet to see a better way to do it. And so I am open. If somebody could show me a different format or a different process or, you know, a different way of doing the list that would accomplish the goals that I have. Hey, I'm all for that. I just haven't seen it yet. And so I guess in that respect, I wouldn't so much be a perfectionist in that I'm open to seeing other ways if it works, but even if you're a, well, I just like it that way. And so that's the way I'm going to do it. 
you may, that may not make you a perfectionist, but you're kind of in the same genre of, of what we're talking about here. And so, yes, it's, it, it's very difficult to say, okay, I've been this way for 20, 30, 40 years. And so, you know, Tim said, Nathan say, I have to change. So, okay. I'm going to change. Well, okay. We know that's probably not going to happen, but just, just, that a simple step you could take is to try to work through a different mindset of saying, okay, for the good of the organization, I need to do this. And so I'm going to start thinking and working my way towards doing this. So I have a friend, Nathan, who told me one time that he said, you need to understand that when I get a B in something, that looks like an F to me. A's are what I need to have. Oh my gosh. And that's a lot of pressure. And we that talked is. about kind of where that where that comes from. Um, that's going to be really hard to do to break. But the idea of being able to say that's the mindset I have is the first step. And I think one of the things, again, you can't you can't stop being who you are at one level, but you can make choices. Sometimes it helps to have people you trust be mirrors back to you because sometimes we can't see how much we respond. And so if we're wrestling with being a perfectionist, finding someone you trust to reflect back to some of the ways you respond can help you go, Oh man, I didn't even see that. So let me see if I can change the way I respond to that. That might be a helpful step to take. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and for the record, uh, Tim, when I brought home bees, uh, my parents would high five each other and tell each other what great parents they were. So, um, that was, that was not one of my issues anyway. All right. Uh, two, uh set realistic goals. So set realistic goals. Um, you know, to, to, to make progress in this, you don't have to quit cold Turkey. You know, we're, we're not asking you to do that. What we're asking you to consider is to take one simple task that isn't life or death. You know, it's not like your your number one biggest donor that represents forty percent of your annual income. Take take something simple that is a bit of a oh I don't know maybe not a thorn in your side but maybe a little thumbtack uh, in your side a little annoyance and see if you can't fix that. So what's an example? Uh, maybe. Find someone to write your weekly social media posts or find a volunteer to come in and open the mail and get it, get it delivered to the appropriate location or the appropriate person. Um, you know, the point here is you don't have to start with something huge or extremely important. Just start with something small, get some uh, uh, momentum going and see how it goes and then work your way up from there. I think that's really good. You know, maybe we need to stop and give a <laughs> give a little bit of why are we talking about this? And I think because we see, especially in these small organizations, we see those of us that are trying to lead have a lot of pain points. <laughs> and one of those pain points is that we have so much that needs to happen and so much that needs to, to needs to be done. And it's easy to complain about it. Yeah, it it is. And you know, th this is especially true in founders. Um, so if you're the, if you're the founder of your organization, um, probably talking about you, uh, it's pretty common uh, among founders. Um, it's also really, really common am among type A 
uh, executive directors of smaller organizations because you know there's not a lot of other people to do things, and you get into this this uh, rotation or this wheel of you have to do it yourself, and and there's nobody else to do it, and you do it yourself. And but what I've found in talking to other executive directors and uh, and and my experience, even talking with some of you from the audience, is often. Yes, it's 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 easy to say. Well, there's nobody else to do it, so I have to do it myself. Uh, that that comes out really naturally, but it really goes back to I don't want to let somebody else do it because I like doing it myself. I like it being done the way I want it done. The finished product is the way I want it, and so it's just easier for me to do it myself. I think that is at the core of a whole lot of these other excuses of why executive directors don't find other people to do some of this work that has to be done. And I think if you truly want to get rid of some of that pain, you take the first small steps and you begin to say, Hey, I'll take this one. I'll give it to somebody, communicate what needs to be done as we talked about it in the other episode and, but then give them a chance. Yes. It may take a little bit longer at first, but boy, then that pain goes away <laughs> to some degree. And so, like you said, Nathan, we're not saying, take your whole list and just hand it off to somebody. But we're saying start with something on the more easy side, get it going and get some momentum happening. Set realistic tasks in that. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Um, number three, uh, that is going to be, and this is, um, I kind of laugh at myself for this title, but for crying out loud, give yourself a break. All right. That's our number three It's for crying out loud. Give yourself a break. And so perfectionists tend to be extremely hard on themselves. And just like Tim's friend who uh, who got really upset if he got a B, uh, where other people are celebrating if they got a B. And so if everything goes perfect, it's pretty typical for a perfectionist to say, well, it was it was OK. Um, and if anything goes even slightly wrong, all a perfectionist can think about is how terrible it went. It might have been a tremendous event, but all the perfectionists can think about is that we almost ran out of dessert. It, it, it was easy, and it is easy for the perfectionist to miss that 98% of the evening or 98% of the event went perfect, but because we almost ran out of dessert, that's that's what they think of. That's what they focus on is that 2% that didn't go so well. And so what happens then is it it creates this internal fear inside of you that says, well, you know, I I was in control of the dessert and we almost ran out of dessert. And that would have been a disaster if that had happened. So there's no way I can let somebody else, you know, take that over. And it's kind of silly that we're talking about dessert, Tim. Uh, and it's it's not the dessert. It's the concept of, of we get afraid that if we let things go and it gets messed up, it's going to make the organization look bad and donors are going to th think it's bad and it's going to hurt giving and it's going to hurt other things. And so I just, I'm not going to risk that. I'm just going to take, take it myself and do it myself. Well, here's what happens. Your donors have a tremendous ability to overlook and to forgive your donors, your volunteers, your other stakeholders, they want you 
to be successful. They want the organization to be successful. They want you to achieve your vision and mission. They're on your side. They're rooting for you. And so when things go bad, when they run out of cookies, guess what? Your donors, they probably won't even remember. All they'll remember is the great stories they heard and all of the all of the ways that you showed them how their giving makes a difference and how thankful they are to be part of this great organization that's transforming lives and saving lives. And they you ask them two weeks later, you know, what was the worst thing that went that night? They won't even they won't even know that you ran out of cookies. So you can't grab a hold of that fear that if something bad happens, it's going to look badly on you or the organization because that's not that's not realistic. Got to say, Nathan, chocolate chip cookies are pretty important, but uh, I think you're right on that. <laughs> well, you know, I maybe maybe I did go a little overboard on the chocolate chip. Maybe if they were sugar cookies, nobody would remember that. No, I'm uh, with you on that. That's good. (laughs) All right. And our last uh, point for today is take action. And, you know, often for me, this is, this is me speaking that when I get stuck or if I'm behind or I'm struggling to get something done, it helps me to just simply take an action. Um, And so let's, let's give an example here, Tim. Let's say that you're, you're having problems keeping office supplies in stock. And, you know, there's really no one there. There's, there's two of you on staff and a few volunteers and that's your whole team. And you know, nobody's really, it's nobody's job to make sure that the office supplies are there when you need them. And so being the good executive director that you are, you just do it yourself. Um, you know exactly where to get the best deals online or at Walmart or at office max or, you know, wherever you get your office supplies. But, there's this, it, it is a bit of a pain and, and you realize that you're running out of supplies more often than you'd like. And sometimes you actually run out of supplies when you really, really need it. Like, you know, you've, you've got something that, that for a board meeting that's coming up in 30 minutes and you go to grab something out of the filing cabinet and darn it, you're out of it and you really need it. So there's a little bit of a pain point there. And so what do you, what do you do? do you want somebody else you're thinking maybe somebody else could do this besides me so here's three quick simple take an action items three quick ideas one and i have done all three of these before one pick up the phone call one of your donors give them what's going on and say hey do you know anybody who would love to have a volunteer role that involves around our office supplies and help you just make sure that we've got the right things when we need it donors love it when you call them and ask for their help, that's not necessarily around writing a check. Um, donors love that. It's a great move to do. So you could just pick up the phone, dial it, and ask the question. So that's one. Another quick, simple thing you could do is bring it up at a staff meeting. You know, even if there's only in our example, we had what uh, we had. What did I say? Two staff people and a couple of volunteers. So you know, the next time you have a meeting, just say, "Hey, you know what? It, I, I've been taking care of the office supplies." I've been seeing that we're running out more often. A couple of times it kind of caught us. Do either of you have any idea on how we can solve this? And you talk about it as a as a group. Um, so that's the second thing. And then third is ask a volunteer because if you have somebody who's volunteering their time at your organization, they probably know other people who would also like to volunteer 
or maybe they pick it up as well. So asking a volunteer, say, hey, we're we're got a problem with our office supplies. Do you know anybody who you you know that might be interested in, in taking that on for us? So call a donor, uh, bring it up at staff meeting, or ask a volunteer. Those are three really simple things that you can do that is around taking action. And taking some of what's on your plate, all of those spinning plates that you've got in front of you and stopping one of them and handing that plate to someone else, you if, if you've not done that yet, if you've not experienced that, you will be surprised how good that feels when you get that off of your spinning plates onto somebody else's. Yeah, we're just we're just encouraging you. Don't just sit there, throw your hands up in the air, and just go. That's just the way it is. I I got to do it because it's all about me. And also, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to episode seventy five. We have some other what I think are some pretty good actions to take that'll get you going. But just just do something. Just start. <laughs> take one small action to kind of move in that direction. So you know, sometimes executive directors. Th- you do have to do everything that definitely happens. And, you know, there just, there isn't any other way to get things done. It happens. However, this should be an exception, not a rule and holding on to everything so tightly in your clenched fist is a recipe for an organization that will never fulfill its potential. Yes. Some things need to be done by the executive director and only the executive director. There's no question. And that list is really, really long. But other things, and there's an also a long list of those as well, can and should be done by other people. Make sure that your drive for perfection is not one of the reasons why your organization never reaches its potential. Well, thanks for listening today. We're really glad that you've joined us and we're serious. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you're thinking about. Let us know some of the challenges that you have or some of the topics you would like for us to address. If you'd like to get in touch with us, our contact information can be found in the show notes. That's all for today. Until next time.